0: We are Mike Welcome to another episode of the Ace of Spades Dynasty League Pod
1: Turn this shit up, please.
0: Y'all know who the fuck it is, man It's the host With the most Cam, a.k.a. the Dynasty Demigod A.k.a. The ace of spades Thanos A.K.A. The nigga with four of them things A.K.A. Mister You fuck with me You fucking with the best Follow me on Twitter At Kim's not Sober. And I'm not alone I am joined by The Kirk Cash, a.k.a. The Ace of Spades 2020 World Champion, a.k.a. Danny's Big Homie, a.k.a. Mr. Take Your Best Player and Send You Into a Rebuild. I'm also joined by Chris, a.k.a. Shitty Girls NT CEO, a.k.a. The 2013 ESPN Redraft Champion, aka the Ace of Spades treadmill of mediocrity himself, aka Mister One Way Chat, fellas. That that was uh that was two that was two minutes worth of intros, bro. Hey, all was good. What's good, bro? Chris, are you there, bro?
2: I, I feel like we just need. Just, just two for me. The AKA uh, <laughs> <laughs> the other two. Hours, you, you didn't talk
0: about that in, in the pre-recording. So <laughs> that was. I I'm actually impressed with myself. That was off the top of the dome, and I think those most accurately describe you. To be honest, that's just <laughs> those are really what you're known for. Nobody remembers that garbage ass ESPN league we played again. Uh, played in almost ten years ago. Yeah, that's
2: because I smoke just now, and they all just want to forget about that.
0: <laughs> All right, let's get right into the show, man First of all, man, fuck We haven't done a pod together in I don't know how long Me and Kurt haven't even done a pod in uh, I want to say we haven't done a pod in, in over a month So, I'm excited to be back on the mic I'm happy to have you guys back on the mic And most importantly, I'm happy to deliver more content To the Ace of Spades Dynasty League Kurt, six months after being crowned The Ace of Spades World Champion How are you feeling? We're on the horizon of the new season is the championship still feeling uh new? Are you still on that championship high or are you ready to get back into it and pursue that, you know, back to back?
1: Uh I think I'm still running on that high, bro. I'm just I don't know, bro. I haven't really been stressing as much as I do, uh, in the off season. You know, usually I be uh I'll, I'll be in the chat arguing with somebody <laughs> like um, every every day for like a, a couple months leading up to the season, but I don't even feel like doing that, bro. So, bro, that's because right now,
0: I still, yeah, bro, that's because you're you're fucking final now, bro. Like this is you're in final form. Like championships are forever now. When motherf- like peasy head ass motherfuckers like Danny disrespect you, you just what was, what was that? No chip, Danny. What, what what did you? I'm sorry. What was that? <laughs> Just, it's, just, it's, it's, diff, it's different now It's just gonna feel different And Chris what about you man I mean we're a few months Removed from the draft How does it feel to have Trey area Hey Kurt Play some of that shit From the Trey area How does it feel bro To have a good draft And be headed into the season Hopefully for a bounce back year You know what is is? It's hard Because you want to be happy But then It's like
2: you gotta keep grinding And I'm trying to learn This whole Twitter month out So that's just tough time to learn Twitter, see what's hiding and what's news and what's garbage, trying to be like fake sharp Danny and get all this <laughs> <of your> info. <laughs> and try to post it in the chat and trick people and give me six first for a bad player. You know, <laughs> it's working.
0: Now, I'm actually glad you brought up Twitter, you know, real quick, because I think it's, it's a really good resource, especially for Dynasty. You just see a lot of information that you wouldn't normally see going through just traditional sources uh, because, you know, Dynasty is about understanding the market, and a lot of people have different opinions. So being on Twitter for a couple months now, and really focusing primarily on fantasy, like, has it helped at all? Or, you know, what do you think about being involved in, in fantasy Twitter for the first time this year?
2: So, you got it's, – it's some – a lot of just dumb shit that people post. But also, like, when you get – when you follow the right people, you get a lot of good information just about players, how good people are looking at training camp. You learn mm. about that, that coach speak that you really shouldn't pay too much into, but that somebody else in the league may pay a lot of attention to. You can trade and get – trade that person, so and, you know. So, it's
0: good to know. Yeah, that's those are real, real, like, really good observations, bro. So, yeah, no, I, I definitely feel the same way. You just get a lot of, um, you know, variants and opinions. And like you mentioned, you know, coach speak and player hype, you can capitalize on that, especially in the offseason where there isn't a lot of news. Uh, so, yeah, I, I really appreciate Twitter for that aspect as well as, you know, they're just a really, like, Really, really large group of sharp people who spend a lot of their time analyzing, you know, dynasty fantasy football and uh, player trends and things like that. And, you know, data is just super readily accessible on Twitter. Um, Shit that you would have to, you know, spend literally hours uh, figuring out on your own. You can literally type in, you know, what was Devante Adams market share in 2020? And, you know, somebody has like a thread on that shit. So I think it's a really good resource. Anyway. Let's get into some NFL news and notes before we kick off the main segment of the pod. We'll run through these really quickly because we want to keep this episode, you know, 45 minutes or less. A.J. Brown still recovering from knee surgery in both of his knees. He's being drafted around wide receiver seven, should be back soon. But does this give you guys any concern or pause? I know we play in Ace of Spades Dynasty, but we also play in other leagues like Redraft Leagues. What do you think about A.J. Brown going as wide receiver seven? Though he hasn't fully recovered from his knee surgery and hasn't been able to attend any of the voluntary workouts, even though we expect him to be there for training camp, are you concerned with injuries like this leading into the season?
1: Um, if it's a redraft league, I mean a little bit, mm. but it wouldn't it wouldn't sway me. Um, it wouldn't like I wouldn't I wouldn't pass up on him. You know, just like uh, especially not like wide like wide receiver seven. I'm I'm taking that like. Yeah, I'm taking that, bro. That's...
0: Yeah, I, I think yeah. I'm with you. I think wide receiver seven, wide receiver eight. I, I think a top eight finish is um, still within the, the, the range of outcomes for A.J. Brown, even with the addition of Julio. Chris, I'll let you take this one. Speaking of Julio Jones, we haven't been able to touch on him in the pod because we haven't you know, recorded in quite some time. But Julio Jones to the Tennessee Titans, I know you were a long-time Julio Jones owner in Ace of Spades. What do you think about this move for Julio Jones, and, and how do you think it impacts the team and his fantasy value?
2: So, first of all, he looks really good in that number two in that Titans uniform, man. I uh, <laughs> saw him working out some on Twitter, and he looks good, and he looks, uh, he looks healthy. Um, as far as for the Titans, it, yeah, it helps out a lot, especially uh, because then you can't really just focus on A.J. Brown. You can't really just focus on Derrick Henry or Julio. So it makes them, it just in real life football, just such a better team. And in, in Dynasty, I think everybody's going to eat uh, – I think ten is just going to sling it, in, and then Derrick Henry's going to do what Derrick Henry does in the fourth quarter. So, um, yeah, I can I can see AJ Brown, like you said, pitch around wide receiver seven. I can see Julio having a lot of yards, not a lot of touchdowns, like he kind of always does. So, yeah, I think I think it'd be good to watch.
0: Yeah, I agree with I agree with everything you hit on. I think it's good for everybody in terms of efficiency. Maybe AJ Brown doesn't have the ceiling that we thought he would, you know, pre Julio Jones uh, landing there. But I think his wills up for Ryan Tannehill. I think Derek Henry he's going to get the volume. Now we know he's going to be even more efficient. I also think Tennessee is going to have one of the more you know narrow target trees in the NFL. I mean, behind AJ Brown and Julio Jones there really isn't anyone else that should be forced vet targets. They don't have an elite tight end. Sorry, uh, Ferks are truthers and owners out there, but um, I think AJ Brown and Julio are going to be in line for a ton of work. I think Derek Henry is going to be in line for a monster season, but most importantly, I think the person who gets the biggest boost is, you know, Ryan Tannehill and speaking of the touchdowns, Chris, you know, I was talking to somebody about this not too long ago. I'm starting to think that the lack of touchdowns for Julio Jones was more a Matt Ryan statistic than a Julio Jones statistic. So, I'm in the Julio Jones 10 touchdowns camp this year. Kurt, I don't know how you feel about that, but um, Matt Ryan has never been a high-efficiency touchdown thrower. I mean, he had a couple years. uh, The year that he um, uh, went to the Super Bowl was a great year in terms of touchdown efficiency. I want to say Julio had, like, don't quote me on this, but, like, eight touchdowns, one of his higher touchdown uh, years, but I don't think that's a Julio stat. And we talked about, like, Julio Jones in every area of the field. It just makes no sense that he's been in the league as long as he has. And, you know, hasn't produced these consistent double down, uh, double digit touchdown seasons.
1: Yeah. Looking at um, Julio's skill set, it always like confused me why his touchdown numbers would be so low. Um, I mean, he has a, Good, like a he has the ability to like high point a ball and he has good body control around like the sidelines and stuff like that. So I just didn't really make any sense why that didn't translate to success in like the red zone. Um, but it would make sense if it was more um, on the shoulders of uh, Matt Ryan than it is on Julio.
0: Yeah, um, I'm just starting to feel that way. So I'm actually interested to see, you know, this should be Julio's last. Um, you know, borderline elite season just based on his age. So, I'm interested to see what his touchdown production can look like. Next, Joe Mixon. Is he in line for a true Bell-Cow role? You know, no Giovanni Bernard. He's now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. I don't know. Uh, I'll take this one. I have owned Mixon, you know, for for his, his the entirety of his career. Um, one of the more frustrating dynasty assets to own because we know he has the skill set to be a top 12 or even a top 8 running back, but... He never seems to get the money time role on two and four minute drills. Now that Giovanni Bernard, who's, you know, cannibalized that role for him over the past, you know, three, four years is gone. You know, people expect him to kind of shoehorn into that role as well. But I'm not really, I'm not really sure that he will. Um, you know, he did see an increase in, in target volume uh, towards the back end of the last few games that he played, um, you know, with with Joe Burrow before before they both went down with injury. But... I'm kinda in the I gotta see it to believe it for Mixon camp now when it comes to that role, but I do think he's still going to be a back in RB one this year. Let's move on down the list. Rashad Penny.
1: Rashad Penny has a
0: cleanup procedure on his knee. Like, dude, like he was already injured last year, the year before that, and how did he get it? Why does he need a clean? Why is he injured again? What needs to be cleaned up? He hasn't played, you know, since my daughter was born. I mean, Hey, but real quick, just seriously though, did y'all see Ray in the chat talking about some Rashad Penny breakout Bro, he can't
1: even get on the field. Yeah, but yeah, just, I, uh, the
2: best skill set is
0: availability. The best ability. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's that's wishful thinking, my brother. Like Rashad Penny is a bust, bro. Sorry. Yeah, he's
0: he's he's a bust. And um, you know, Chris Carson's gonna have a good year. Anyway, Johnny Smith has a hamstring injury, Russell Gage in line for an increased role. I don't really – bro, you know what I need in terms of drops on the soundboard? I need the Stephen A. Smith. We don't care. We don't care. I, that's the one I need. <laughs> that's, I need that sure. one for real, for real. Uh, minor foot surgery for Calvin Ridley he should be ready for training camp. Kurt, are you concerned? No. Okay. Josh Gordon tries again.
1: <laughs> hey, you you hey,
0: no, you need the Stephen A. drop. Stay off the weed. <laughs> hey, I need – no – wait, I need to be writing these down. No bullshit. bro. Half my soundboard, like four out of these eight, like uh, sounds need to be like some variation of Stephen A. Dude has like the best, the best drops, bro. All right. Um, nope. Go ahead, Kurt.
1: No, nah, I said the GOAT.
0: Yeah, the GOAT for no, for real. Uh, Damien Harris leading uh, Patriots camp. He should be the RB1. You know, this is another, like, I don't, I don't, hold on.
1: I don't give a fuck.
0: But, but, but you know why? Because we, we've seen this before. Last year he was RB1, and he was the RB1 on the team last year when healthy. The problem is the RB1 for the Patriots doesn't really have a ton of, you know, fantasy fantasy value. Did you know, Kurt, that the Patriots were top three in targets to running backs last
1: year? No, I didn't know that. And, yeah, I well, didn't know that. And not only
0: were they top three in, in RB targets, bro. Oh, I'm about to look this up. Hold on. Let me find this real quick. Excuse me,
1: podcast. Patriot. I just want to say this, bro. Patriot is RB one, bro. Is different on a week to week basis, bro. It's just yeah, whoever they feel like featuring that week. Like Cam back know. there, maybe him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, seriously though. So okay, they were top three or top five in, in RB targets. You know how many targets Damian Harris got last year? He got seven.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would I would have guessed single digits, man, because what, I, what I've noticed is, you know, when he has been productive, bro, it's just it's through carries, it's not you know
0: catches 100% so it's like you know the RB one for the Patriots I just don't really care Zach Moss could be the lead back in Buffalo I've been you know banging the drum on this for quite some time um, I don't think Devin Singletary is, is good I don't think Zach Moss is very good but I do think he's better than Devin Singletary I think he's better between the tackles a little more explosive and they liked to utilize him in um, you know the high volume touch rolls like at the goal line and, and they give him some targets as well Gabriel Davis upside uncertain news came out of camp that it's actually going to be uh, easy Sanders Emmanuel Sanders is going to be the wide receiver two alongside stefan diggs not gabriel davis i've seen trades in dynasty in leagues that i'm in where 2023 first round picks plus were sent for gabriel davis i've seen trades not go through an ace of spades because gms wouldn't throw in gabriel davis to get a deal done what was with the postseason gabriel davis hype i never understood why people couldn't read between the lines on a player like this and understand that he was a he was a product of a great offense and efficiency, not necessarily you know an isolated talent at the wide receiver position. Chris, and he, John and he,
2: Brown was there, right?
0: He was he he was injured a lot as well, but you know Cole Beasley is, is really the wide receiver too, on that team. You know, in in terms of of, of target volume, um, so I, I never understood the Gabe Davis appeal. I mean, I get, you know he's young, but he was I, I want to say he was a fourth round wide receiver in the NFL draft. Uh, this, I mean, this is just not a guy who I'm sending a future first-round pick for. And now, you know, he he, he can't even beat out, you know, 34-year-old Emmanuel Sanders for – or or the one-tooth uh, weirdo hick COVID anti-vaxxer Cole Beasley. He can't even beat Cole. I mean, <laughs> like, what, like, what is Gabriel Davis? I mean, these aren't guys right. that should be stopping him from ascending.
1: He's, a, hey, what, he's what we call a throw-in player. He's a, <laughs> Go ahead, Chris.
0: Go ahead, Chris. Go hey, what
2: league would they send in at 20, 23rd first? I need to be in <laughs> It's
1: actually
0: it's actually, a, it's actually a sharp league. I mean, well, half the GMs are sharp, and the other half is doing shit like sending future first for uh, Gabriel Davis. Anyway, Zach Wilson, <laughs> currently QB 16 at ADP, looking comfortable in camp. I'm a big, big, big Zach Wilson. Not hater, but I don't believe he's super talented. I don't think he's going to be successful in the NFL, but – Supposedly he's looking pretty good in camp I'm more interested in Elijah Moore I think he's going to be a really really talented receiver And surprise a lot of people May not surprise as many people as as um, um, I would have imagined At the end of the draft Because he's been getting a lot of hype in camp But I think he's going to outperform expectations Anyway that wraps up the NFL news and notes Let's get into some Ace of Spades news Notes and open discussion Fellas Chris I'll start with you Because I haven't been giving you a lot of mic opportunities so far how are we feeling about Ace of Spades since my GM purge? I mean, how does the league feel? Like, how do you feel about the new personalities? How do you feel about the direction of the league? Uh, just talk to me a bit about that.
2: So no, it's uh, it's always, it's a good thing when
0: you can bring GMs in uh,
2: that know what they're doing, uh, and that's good. Especially, um, you bring some new GM in to take some of the, the junk out, no offense to the junk if they listening, but some people weren't making <laughs> trades. They weren't just active in the league. They were just kind of just clogging the league down, man. They are ruining teams, making it hard for, for people to come in and even take over those teams. Um, so, you know, I hate the Elmo left, man, because I feel like he did a good job with his team. Um, but, you know, the new GMs are good, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the way the league is going. It's, the chat's more active now, man. Um, more people posting just, just stuff in the chat. It's not so dead all the time,
0: so it's good. Kurt, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I like the people uh, <clears throat> that you added into the league, man. Um, I, I, you know, I miss Jamal and, uh, and Elbow being yeah. in the league. But uh, I like, <clears throat> you know, um, I like so many additions. Well, all of them. I, everybody seems cool. Isaiah's cool. Mook, uh, Buck. V's all good, man. I like them. So, and I think, uh, with their personalities, they fit in like real well with, uh, with everybody in the league. So.
0: Yeah, I I think so too. There was discussion, you know, between you and myself, Kurt offline about, you know, some guys I was thinking about bringing in and, um, I appreciated your honesty and, and transparency about what you thought about. You know, certain people may not be in a, a, a good league fit, even though, um, you know, they're, they're really sharp in Dynasty. But we have a, a, a pretty unique league in the sense that everybody's like super involved. We're kind of like a family. Everybody's laid back. We don't have anybody, you know, super annoying or anybody we have to, um, you know, worry about ruining the integrity of the league. So uh, I think it's always been my priority to get the best personalities in the league, and then I can teach them how to play Dynasty. You know what I mean? I, I like that, like
2: Buck, like people like you and Buck, like um, they won't, you know, crucify somebody for asking a question. Like, mm-hmm. You guys open and explaining and why you do things certain ways. So that's re- really important for for people, especially kind of new to Dynasty, to you know feel comfortable asking questions and not just making dumb decisions. They ask something to ask your your perspective on something, um, and when you guys be honest and get open feedback, you know it helps out. Like I talk to you before I do a trade, or or what if I would do this trade, or what do you think? Uh, My team's going, you give me open feedback, we're helps. And that's, it's good for the league. So, uh, people like you, you and Buck is, that's, that's good.
0: Yeah for sure bro And I, I appreciate that Like like I always say the, the goal for the league Is for it to be as, as fun And inclusive And competitive as possible But it, it starts with the people um, As always So you know I had some questions From uh, Isaiah and Mook When they joined the league They ask a lot of questions So I like Really appreciate the new guys Like Buck doesn't ask As many questions Because he's, he's in a bunch of leagues But the other new guys Ask a ton of questions Whether it's about You know the format of the league The history of the league How things go I think Isaiah is the most inquisitive um, And that makes me Like feel good about Adding him into the league Because he wants to understand What's going on And he wants to understand how to navigate the league So I'm really happy With the people that have joined Sad to see a couple of the people Who, who left go um, But I think the league Is moving in the right direction Me and Kurt talk about All the time out last year You know was a huge Huge leap forward You know Kurt Last year was The ace of spades breakout year what, what, Like wasn't it Like we, we, we transitioned From Yahoo to Sleeper And just the league took off Like Sleeper is such a good platform For um, activity and engagement um, just the chat functions and features are, 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 are super um, user friendly. And, and I think it makes people want to engage a little bit more. And I also think Kurt, the podcast incited so much league engagement, like so much. And you can see from the past month, how quiet the chat has been. And I didn't, I didn't realize it until today, bro. A lot of that is, is the lack of podcasts we've been, we've been producing and releasing, you know, the podcast, yeah. the podcast is a platform for engagement. It pushes engagement into the chat, and I didn't realize, you know, and we've still been, you know, this is the most active Dynasty League I'm in. I'm in four. And even in our quiet season, we're the most active league I'm in. So, Kurt, you want to comment on that real quick? I don't mean to cut you off.
1: No, I just – I was just agreeing with what you uh, what you said. But it, it makes sense, though. Like, I know usually, you know, a few conversations get sparked. Uh, you know, everybody does a, a really good job providing feedback after we drop a podcast, so. You know, we just had, like, a lot of different conversations and stuff like that. I noticed, like, people are definitely more active, like, uh, when the podcasts are rolling in. So I agree with that.
0: Most definitely. Real quick, because I forgot to do this at the top of the show, and we don't have too many more things to talk about, but I forgot to do the icebreaker. So I have a question for both of y'all. Chris, I'll start with you. Would you rather, Chris, would you rather go into a Dynasty football season in Ace of Spades knowing that you were guaranteed to win the championship that season? Or would you rather go into that season with four players that are going in the first round of startup drafts? So essentially some sort of combination of Christian McCaffrey, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray... And, you know, Justin Jefferson, let's put him at the end of the first round. Would you rather have four first round startup caliber players on your dynasty team, but you couldn't guarantee you'd win a championship? Or would you rather go into the 2021 season with a team that you knew was guaranteed to win? Which one?
2: Uh, the team that I knew was guaranteed to win. I need that bottle. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a bottle. So I feel like, you know, maybe y'all are like, oh, well, we, we need it. You know, that team
0: those four starters but y'all got y'all got rings so i need I need that bottle okay fair enough kurt same question what do you what do you think
1: hey give me the win bro you know what i'm saying sure. i don't got time for one of these <laughs> to be falling off of, Bro, I, I win two championships bro i i don't gotta win shit for the rest of the for the rest of the time i'm in the league bro because i mean it's only a handful bro a handful of people that win you know like you get them four players and you know, one of them turn out to fall off a cliff or some shit like that, bro. Like, nah, I'd rather just had a guaranteed, had a guaranteed win. But I will say, though, I, you know, just like, I know it's like an icebreaker question, but the season would be more interesting if you take the four players, right? Because, like, that's kind of boring if you know you're going to win. You know what I mean?
0: Definitely, and I, you know, I'll take this question as well because we do want to move it along. And I think, you know, I thought this through as I was trying to come up with the icebreaker question. And me being somebody who's won this league, you know, multiple times, I think a lot of people would be surprised by my answer. But Kurt, I'm, I'm gonna take the win as well. I mean, <laughs> I mean, give me, give me, give me, give me five of them motherfuckers. I mean, I I'll, I'll, I'll already built, I already built a good team. I can build another good team, you know. And the thing, it's the thing about you know. And I think, I think Danny has switched his strategy as he's gotten more familiar with, with Dynasty. But, you know, all this, you know, churning older productive players for younger, flashy players that, you know, have a lot of popularity and Dynasty value, you know, the championship is forever, bro. Like there is no, there's only one champion in 2020. Like that's Kurt. There's only going to be one champion in 2021. And there have been people that, uh, this is our 10 year anniversary in Ace of Spades. There are people who have been in this league uh, sorry, Chris. Since the beginning of Ace of Spades and don't have any championship like that championship is that's that's it. That's what you play in the league for ten years to to do, to, to get one. I'm I'm taking I mean, obviously if I'm if I'm gonna win a, a chip with the team, it's a good team. I'm taking I'm taking a championship. Any final thoughts yeah, on I, icebreaker?
2: If I take that chip you and you can tell me shit. I'm biddy <laughs> bopping all over the <laughs>
0: Uh, I'm kicking my yeah. bottle at Walmart. <laughs> you ghetto, you get, you get, oh, bro.
1: Hey, <laughs> hey, you just you, you you made me think of something, bro. When you said this, I'm about to take this whole shit like way left, bro. So just hey, bear with me for a little bit, though. I'm listening. It's a dude who I saw on Twitter who criticized the Cooper for never having like a high end wide receiver one finish, right? Right. And <clears throat> he was uh he was on t- he was also on Twitter today talking or like maybe a couple of days ago saying that he didn't care if Terry McLaurin finished wide receiver nine or wide receiver 14, because the point differential between those two positions. Oh, that's Kamara. So that's
0: wrong. That's bloody Sunday,
1: right? Yeah. So, 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 Cooper is trash because he never had a high end wide receiver one finish. But this dude, you don't care if he, he finishes nine or fourteen. Like, see so that's that's that that's that dynasty Twitter hype like type stuff. That that's the right that, there, that's
0: bro. the that's the dynasty Twitter create your own narrative. Hey, bro, the fact that you brought up that tweet and I know who it is, and Buck is going to laugh his ass off when he listens to this podcast. <laughs> but yeah. uh yeah. No, that's 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 Dynasty Twitter. Create your own narrative. You know, Kurt, I can pull any stat, any metric, any number, and I can create any narrative for any player that I want. I can, I can, I can, I can explain to you right now why I think Ryan Tannehill has been better than Patrick Mahomes over the last two seasons. You, you can, <laughs> you can. I mean, seriously, there are certain yeah. statistics and metrics that can back up any argument. So I, I, I appreciate you bringing that up. And that that is that is that's pure comedy. But I do think Terry McLaurin. As well as Amari Cooper last year, we'll see what that C.D. Lamb breakout looks like this year. But I think Amari Cooper could have broken into that top eight, wide receiver eight, uh, wide receiver seven last year. But we'll see what happens this year. Um, let's get into the main segment or one of the main segments or piece of the overarching segment. We've got about 20 minutes left, so we're doing really good on time. Let us play a game. But before we get into the game, let's talk about one of the new GMs in the league, one of the new Ace of spades, manages Isaiah. This is real quick. This was supposed to follow the icebreaker, but I got some podcast material from Isaiah before the show started. Randomly, he texted me. He asked, hey, do I get a compensatory pick in 2021?
2: For, for, what? <laughs> for, for what, what? Man, hey, hey, hey. Quickest A. Hey, quickest team in the league, <laughs>
1: bro, bro, for what? This, he, bro, this dude inherited like a top four, like roster. Top, what are you talking it's about? GM top.
0: of the year, almost. Yeah, it, right? it's, it's, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a top, it's a top three team. And I, first, I was like, wh- why would, why would I give you a compensatory pick? But then I thought he probably, you know, didn't read the bylaws all the way through. Because in the bylaws, it says you know when you inherit a team, you get a compensatory pick. But that's only if your team doesn't meet like a certain threshold. Are you getting, you got a top three team. Why the fuck would you get anything free? <laughs> and, and,
1: bro, and you got like what four first over there, bro? Relax, <laughs> bro.
0: Hey, bro, bro, <laughs> bro, <laughs> relax. bro. Facts, and you know, and he got a you know he got a top three dynasty QB for you know a top three dynasty you know wide receiver. So I mean, I think that's 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 money in the bank too. I mean, dude, like you don't you don't need anything, bro. Anyway, let's move on. Isaiah, don't take that person. I just have to throw a little shot at you there for asking me that silly question. Let's play a game. This game, Kurt, you never played this before? I came up with this idea for me in Bucks podcast, but this game is going to be called Sheep or Sharp. And in this game, we are going to discuss GM aptitude. And if we think a GM is a sheep, you know, somebody who is a casual Dynasty fan or a Sharp, somebody who, think, who we think has a high aptitude for the game and we think uh, executes at a high level. So we're going to go down the list of all 12 GMs, and I pulled these standings directly from um, our divisions from bottom to top. So this is in complete random order. And we're going to start with Justin. I don't like this game. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to start with Justin, and we are going to make the determination of whether or not Justin is a sheep or, if we think Justin's sharp, so Chris, since you don't like this game, why don't you start i'll give you the first crack at it. Is Justin a sheep or is he a sharp? uh, you know, I already know how I feel about Justin too. I can't stand him uh, <laughs> no,
2: you know what this Justin's a tough because in the beginning justin was a uh, he was a little bit of a sharp, and then he kind of made some sheep moves. so I, i'm I' gonna say he's a sharp,
0: but he he's on the he's on the fence all right, and real quick, Chris. What's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of Justin as a GM? It can be anything. He's not thinking of Justin and his team. Just Justin, justin, is a, fuck his team. Just Justin in general. What's the first thing that comes to mind? Me losing that game to Justin. <laughs> All right, move, moving on. Twice. Mo- moving on, Kurt. Justin the sheep or is he a sharp?
1: I'm going to say sharp. I'm going to say sharp. Uh, but if you would have asked me this. Like two or three months ago, I probably would have went in the in the other direction, but I think uh just like seeing what he's trying to do, like or what he's been vocal about trying to do, I can tell he's like finally come to the conclusion that it might be time to like rebuild over there. So I'm gonna say sharp.
0: Yeah, Justin is is he's 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 a sharp for me too. I think same as you, Kurt. Two three months ago, I would have said he was a sheep. He went from sharp to sheep to sharp. He's finally starting to understand player values and roster construction. So Justin's a sharp for me. I'll take this next one because this is one of my favorite people in the league, Danny. He, he, <laughs> Danny, I mean, you guys know, you know, Danny's a fake sharp. He's, he's a fake sharp. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he's got um, a few of the components, you know, in place to be a sharp GM. And, you know, I think he maybe outsmarts himself a little bit. You know, maybe if he didn't think that I wasn't giving him the play, uh, I mean, maybe if he thought that um, um, I was actually giving him the play on that trade that I sent him, you know, DeAndre Hopkins and, and Kittle for AJ Brown, the second round pick, I would think that that he was a little sharper. But the fact he thinks that's like an even trade, and I wasn't showing him any love, he's 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 fake sharp. He's still fake sharp to me, Chris. Real quick, what do you think about Danny?
2: Uh Danny's a, he's a liar. He's a he's he's a fake sharp, bro. <laughs> he's
0: a fake sharp.
2: <laughs> All right. he try, hey, he went trying to get Kenny Galladay. He's a liar. <laughs>
0: It's the first thing that comes to mind, Kurt Denny. I
1: mean, I'm gonna say sharp, bro. Uh, just, ah, man, but yeah, it's it. It's, I'm kind of with you with that trade because I'm like, bro, that's the super play right that's there. That's the super like, play, yeah, yeah. That's the like,
0: super play. Yeah. All right, all right. Let's let's move I'm down the list, Denny. You're lucky we, we you lucky we had 33 minutes. I I, I had roast Denny right now, but. Uh, <laughs> All right, Chris. Uh, well, me and to take this one. Chris, uh, Chris is Chris is still a sheep, bro. Chris, I got you live on the mic. You're, you're still a sheep. You're still learning. You're you're a developmental sharp, but for right now, you're a sheep. You had a really, really good draft. Um, you got a little work to do, bro. From a strategic aspect, from a tactical perspective, you got a little bit of work to do in terms of like how you build your roster, like your aggression, the activity, like, in the trade market and things like that. I will say, like, I have a little bit of insight to some of the trades that you've been working I think those are, like, real sharp trades. But based on your history and what you've done so far, you're not you're not quite there yet. Kurt, real quick on Chris.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to steal your answer, bro. Sorry, Chris, man. I no no disrespect, my brother. I don't want no beef. But Chris, anything yeah. you have to say for yourself?
2: Neither one of y'all getting Chris's gifts this <laughs> year. Uh, but no, no, 100%. Uh, no, 100%. Uh, just learning dynasty, so you know, and also I learn to be aggressive. But then also, I'm too nice to some of these dudes, man. Sometimes you got you got to be cutthroat, and instead of working out a deal as best for everybody, just make sure you take care of your team first. So you understand right, so
0: yeah. All right, let's let's move on to Mook. I, I think you know it's, it's kind of early to tell on, on these new guys, but. You know, I think I think Mook's made some sharp moves. He he came into this league and inherited a team with zero draft picks, and he has like, you know, 10 draft picks in the first couple of rounds of the next two seasons. So I think he's executed like very, very well. Um, either one of you have any thoughts on Mook before you move down Isaiah?
1: Uh, too soon to see. No, I think. But Sharp, I guess, might have to go one direction.
0: Chris, anything? Any comments? Yeah,
1: it's, yeah,
0: it's
2: early, man. So, uh, but I'm excited to see. Because uh, cause like I said I know We know Mook. So I'm excited to see If he is a, a Sheep or a shark Yeah I agree
0: shark. I agree Yeah um, Isaiah Is kind of the same thing Inconclusive Um you know, he's he's been active on waivers, like finding deep dart throws and dynasty and things like that. So I know he understands what he's doing. I know he understands, like, where to find information that he doesn't have. And like Chris, I've had some insights into some of the trades that he's starting to work. So I, I think he's going to be a sharp. But but for right now, it's it's too hard to tell, uh, too early to tell. Uh, let's go down the rest of this list because we do have a few more things. And we got up to 35 minutes out of nowhere. Uh, Kurt, uh, Chris, thoughts on Kurt, sheep sharp. Uh no, Kurt, Kurt sharp. He's sharp. Yeah, I don't think Uh, we. Yeah, we don't have to waste too much time on Kurt. He's sharp. Uh, Buck. Buck.
1: Buck, This nigga.
0: This nigga. Buck came into my league and he ain't did shit, bro. Like what? Who's a? uh, He's like Kurt. You remember Ben Simmons at LSU? Yeah, that's Buck. Everybody talked about this motherfucker next, LeBron James. Then you came into the league. I hey, mean, Buck, what do you? like What do you? What do you do? Hey. What do even? Like, what are you? Who are you? Like, do something, man. Make a hey,
2: trade. Hey,
1: you,
0: you, hundred percent right. I was expecting Buck to come in and blow to the league up. <laughs>
2: hey, hey,
1: Kurt, no, you know man, what? Buck, Buck, trying to be a hair buster, bro. Ain't nobody paying, paying all that. Send me, eggs hey. for cheap. Bro. Damn it. <laughs>
0: Hey, hey, Kurt, you know what's so funny and I I love Buck, dude. I we 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 became homies like out of nowhere. He's like one of my favorite people in the league already. So he gonna listen to this he he gonna be like, Motherfuckers just keep disrespecting Buck. He called it, he talking <laughs> He talk about himself in third person, bro. He'd be having me weak. He'd be like, nobody respects Buck. But uh <laughs> Yeah Buck For right now Buck is a sheep I mean what do you do I mean I don't, I don't care that you You know write for a fantasy set I don't care you in a bunch of leagues With all these good teams I mean you ain't did shit in here So for right now Buck is a sheep Like do something man BT Kurt go What is BT Sheep or sharp
1: Trash
0: Not <laughs> way. Wait wait BT Wait wait I ha- BT BT <laughs> uh,
1: Yeah
0: Hey BT I think You cool people BT <laughs> He trying to And Chris trying to get a trade off all right, <laughs> Kurt. BT, he, he's a sheep, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. He, you know, I, I said this about BT before, man. He he has the right ideas with some of his trades. He just doesn't do a very good job of identifying like the right players. I agree. Yeah, I agree.
0: I agree with that, Chris. Real quick, BT sheep or sharp? Uh, BT sheep.
1: It's not <laughs> a bad
2: thing. That's like you. Got some, you got to you got you to gotta learn. And like Kurt said, uh, identifying trades. He he made a couple of bonehead trades. Um, but you know he's learning. I, I one thing I like to say about BT, you said it before during the draft, like he drafted it at work, like his dedication to the league, for sure. like, yeah that yeah. sharp dedication. But I like that. Uh, I give him props on that. It's just like some of the trades he doing, some of the moves he make. You just gotta kind of like like with me, you just gotta figure out a plan to stick to it.
0: No, I agree one hundred percent. Um, yeah, I agree. BT, he's one of those people that um, if it weren't for his like personality, like the person BT and his dedication to the league, he, he would have been not. He would have been out of here a while ago. Um, <laughs> so hopefully his his execution starts to 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 have parity with his with his uh personality and what he means to ace of spades. Next on the list is myself, Kirk Cam, Sheeper Sharp. Sharp. Chris Sharp you <laughs> <laughs> he heard, he heard it though, right? <laughs> hey what hey, what dude from Malibu's most wanted to say? He said, Don't be hating. <laughs> Alright. Let's let's get into Ray. I gotta I gotta drop for Ray, bro. Um You are a sad, strange little man, and you have my <laughs> so Thank goofy me. ass. Ray is a Ray is a Ray is a, Ray is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> get off segment. Man, fuck Ray. <laughs> bro, I'm <laughs> hey what do hey Buck, what do white people be saying? I'm at my wit's end. <laughs> hey what, Hey, why white people be saying that? <laughs> <laughs> hey this nigga hey, Ray be sending him, Ray be sending me trades and I want to be like What do you think I'm chicken shit? <laughs> all them all them white people responses I be wanting to send for Ray you know Ray is not a bad dynasty GM you know Ray has his strengths so I, I don't I don't know like I'll I'll leave it up to you guys to call Super Sharp, but I will say he's one of the most annoying people to talk trades with. I haven't talked trades with him like it's been a couple months, but that's the first thing that comes to mind when I when I think of Ray, it's, it's it's annoying. So so Chris, Ray, sheep or sharp?
2: So, you know, in the beginning we did Justin, we said Justin, you know, kinda sharp then sheep and sharp. Ray was like sheep and sharp, and then that Minshew trade, that kinda messed his whole team up. So he's 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 back to sheep for me now. <laughs> All
0: right, real quick, Kurt, what
2: what you got?
1: Uh, he kinda it could go either way, man. Ray is like I don't know, like Fake fake
0: sheep. <laughs> hey hey wait yeah, wait bad. wait Kurt you onto some a wolf in okay. sheep's clothing?
2: That's me, CD girl CEO. <laughs> no, nah, that nah, that's
0: Ray. You you a sheep nigga? <laughs> hey hey Kurt you see how Chris tried to squeeze that in? He tried to sneak that in. Hey that's me. Not a, no brother. no No it ain't no you and Ray. It ain't no you and Ray. It's just Ray. Yeah Ray is Ray is not. Really a sheep Like he's He has some sharp tendencies But I can't call him a sharp With with full confidence Because You know He He disappoints And he surprises So he, like Kurt said He could go either way Rio I'll take Rio Rio is Rio sharp to me um, Rio doesn't make a lot of mistakes He makes Rio's kind of a hard player to describe because he, he does understand player value. He does understand how to execute trades. I just think he makes some of the wrong trades. I think Chris mentioned, you know, Kurt mentioned this about BT like a few moments ago. Um, Right idea, wrong execution. So, like, uh, kind of right process, wrong ex- execution in some trades. But he's been sharp a lot more in this league than he's been a sheep. So, I'll, I'll give Rio sharp. Kurt, what do you think about Rio sheep or sharp?
1: I'm going to say Rio is uh, sharp.
0: Yeah, Chris, yeah, real Rio quick.
2: Yeah, real sharp who who owe me a running
0: back all right we'll get into that on the next episode <laughs> v's last guy v's is, is too early to tell he's he had an okay draft he's made some really good trades getting a, a future first round pick for gd shark i thought that was pretty sharp but inconclusive on v's we don't need to spend any more time on that but what do you guys think about that game that sheep or sharp game i thought that was pretty fun that's an idea that um we're going to run with on another podcast but uh, what do you guys think about that little exercise it's good man. Yeah, I like it. I like that. I like that game. All right, cool. Let's talk yeah. about some Ace of Spades trade rumors real quick. I've heard, you know, through grapevine that Derrick Henry could potentially be on the move. I've heard Isaiah is potentially interested. Uh, I won't disclose the trade on the podcast, but I thought Justin got a pretty good offer that he apparently declined from Isaiah. So we'll see. We might get some breaking news over the weekend that Derrick Henry is 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 finally being moved. Uh, another trade rumor that I've heard. In Ace of Spades is that Russell Wilson could potentially be on the move for you know a couple owners. I won't expose uh, those trade partners on the podcast, but keeping out for that. Knowing BT, he'll probably get cold feet and back out. But it's just what I heard. And real quick, actually, you know, Derek Henry. We talked about Derek Henry pre-show, and let's let's take this into a quick segment before we wrap up the pod. We still got a couple minutes left.
2: Wait, let me let me let me let me ask a quick question right quick cool. uh,
0: yeah
1: go
2: ahead it's a it's a yeah it's a it's a, it's a trade thing do you got do anybody else get mad if you're like discussing a trade with somebody and then like why you're trading when they just put that person on the block that pisses that me, off. That pisses that make me off mad.
0: yeah that <laughs> okay, pisses me off especially, <laughs> especially and encouraged shaking his head yes as well especially when we're in the middle of the trade conversation and like yeah we haven't you know turn each other off to the point to where we're not talking anymore. But we're in the middle of a trade discussion. You put the player that I'm looking for on the block. I'm I'm probably just going to back out of the trade. So Yeah,
1: I, I don't blame you for that. I don't like that shit either. Like
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't like that at all. So, yeah, thanks for bringing it up, Chris. But speaking of Derrick Henry, he's going into his H-28 season. I don't want to particularly talk about him, but how do you guys feel generally about aging players in Dynasty? Do you shy away from those guys? Is there a certain age threshold that you try to um get away from when you are rostering players in Dynasty? Are you actively seeking aging players that still have a few years of production left? What do you guys think about players that get older because I think the consensus trend across the Dynasty space, the Dynasty market is you don't know, want a player, you know, gets past you know, twenty seven, twenty eight. Like, oh, he's dust. Like, uh, I want to buy him for cheap. But, you know, a lot of times these players produce well into their late twenties, early thirties, um, depending on the position. So, what do you guys think as a general rule of thumb? Like, how do you guys evaluate age on your on your dynasty roster? It,
1: to me, it really depends on the player. You know what I mean? And it's 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 um it's about the skill set in my in my eyes. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, for example, if you look at, like, a wide receiver, like, mm, like Tyreek Hill, right, like, I'm, gonna, once he reaches a certain age, I'm gonna be cool on Tyreek Hill, he hasn't reached that age yet, but, like, once he gets, to, once he gets to a certain point, like, I'll be good, you know what I mean, but a player that plays, like, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, I might be more willing to to buy into him as he is older because I feel like his game is going to age like, you know, well because of the way that he plays, you know what I'm saying? So it really just depends on, like, the player and you just have to look at, like and also it depends on your team build too because if I'm in a win now mode I really only, like, if I feel like I got a chance to win, i go get Derrick Henry right now because I feel like, you know I only really need you, like, to do something you know, this year. I don't really care what you do, like going
0: forward, so. I, I agree with that, and I think just to add context to your original point, what you mean by, you know, the, the comparison or the contrast that you used or the, the, the dichotomy you described between uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Tyreek Hill is, you know, players that have a high dependence on physical traits and athleticism, you expect them to decline a bit faster than somebody like DeAndre Hopkins, who's more of a technician and can probably, you know, sustain his type of play longer. Uh, right. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that, too. I also agree with the team build piece. Chris, what are you thinking? I'll give my thoughts before we move on.
2: Yeah, no, he's uh, – Kurt was right. Um, 100% like team build also. I know you just – you want to get – if you have a, like a, a dare carry, you, you want to get rid of him before it's too late. So yeah. like if you do if you like if you have them and you're not in win now mode like you you want to trade them before he hits that clip and you get nothing for him so if you trade them for a a player a running back in a in a first and you could have got a run running back first in a second like that's fine because if he you hold him on until he hits that clip you're not gonna get none of that so it's one of those things like it's, it's good to get rid of that person before he hits that clip.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree with that point as well, Chris, especially if you're, you know, using Justin as a reference point, especially if you're a team that's going into a rebuild and you have a depreciating asset like Derrick Henry who we know for a fact isn't going to gain value. You want to sell that player and buy, you know, age, career length points, however you describe it. Me I'm becoming like team old guy in dynasty. And maybe this is because I usually don't have any rebuilds and I'm always a couple pieces away on majority of my teams. Um, I like going out to buy older players, especially guys like, you know, DeAndre Hopkins and Keenan Allen because (laughs) dynasty circles, most dynasty circles are so obsessed with age and they're so um, obsessed with like the new hotness. They sell those players for really cheap. And this is, you know, Kirk, going back to the trade that I made with Danny, the DeAndre Hopkins for A.J. Brown or the DeAndre Hopkins-Kittle for A.J. Brown in a second. Like, I mean, we value high-end seasons above all. So you have a player like DeAndre Hopkins who could put up, you know, potentially two more top five seasons at that at the wide receiver position. I mean, that's – there aren't too many assets in the dynasty community that are, that are more valuable than that, like a top five finish at any position. You know what I mean? And and, I do. and 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 people are selling players like that for, like, future first-round picks. So if, if I'm a contender or a couple pieces away, even if I'm a couple years away and somebody's asking me for a 2022 first-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins, uh, or if they're asking, yeah, me for that pick for DeAndre Hopkins, I'm going to get that player. I mean, players like Keenan Allen, players like uh, DeAndre Hopkins, player like, players like Michael Thomas, like, those guys are technicians. They're going to produce at a very high level, at a top-12 level for the next few seasons. I mean...
1: Older the berry, the sweeter the juice. Just <laughs> the blacker the berry, the sweeter
0: the juice. Yeah, well, yeah, she blacking in the motherfucker too. Kurt, hey, they
1: blacking in the motherfucker too. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know what I think about, bro? Like, think about um, all of the hype that like DJ Moore got, like a like a few years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And like somebody sent somebody like Nuke for a DJ Moore package. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? It's like, bro, like. Uh, DJ Moore is not going to win you a fantasy championship, bro. No, no, honestly, I'm going to be like, I'm going to be real. If you like a a, a low end, like, wire, like if you like wide receiver 12, that's not going to win you no chip, bro. It's
0: not a difference maker. Agree.
1: Yeah. And if somebody gives you like, I mean, like, bro, look at the fucking Amari Cooper. That's my guy, bro. But he's not going to like, win you a chip if, if all he's doing is like, you know, back end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two, like. Um, finishes every year I mean unless he like blows up week 16 he's he's not gonna do it for you you need somebody who's like on the high end so like yeah like if I could get somebody who's a little older but like nuke where he's gonna be a wide receiver four or five like yeah yeah, I take that over some dude that's like you know gonna be wide receiver 12 for the next uh, four or five years like who cares bro
0: 100% I mean you want to buy top eight wide receivers and you want to buy top five running backs you know a top 24 running back don't do shit for me a top 18 wide receiver doesn't do shit for me like you said a, a borderline a fringe wide receiver one but to your point you know dj moore hasn't even been a fringe wide receiver one so just think about to a year ago around this time kurt you remember the hype around dj moore and we're about to wrap this podcast up was you know that you should be taking dj moore in dynasty over deandre Hopkins. Now, imagine you did that a season ago. DeAndre Hopkins goes out and puts up a top eight finish at the wide receiver position. I believe it was top five again in DJ Moore's wide receiver 23. So, yeah. including last year, you're looking at potentially three straight seasons from that point where people were telling you to take DJ Moore over DeAndre Hopkins. You're looking at three straight seasons of DeAndre Hopkins more than likely finishing in the top eight if he remains healthy, and DJ Moore more than likely not finishing in the top eight if he's healthy. So, which was the the right process play a year ago, Kurt? Was it to take DeAndre Hopkins ahead of D- DJ Moore, or vice versa?
1: I would take Hopkins, man. It was
0: it because, was it was easily
1: Hopkins, right? Yeah, I mean, because for me, bro, like you know, and I think we might have talked about this on the podcast before, but if you ask me, would I rather have? five years of borderline wide receiver one, wide receiver two, or, like, two years of, like, wide receiver top, like, you know, top five wide receiver, I'm going to take the two years of the top five because that's going to give me a better chance to win than somebody who's, like, you know, like, uh, looks cute on your roster, but they don't really move the needle for you. You know what I
0: mean? One 150%. I agree 100%. All right, Chris, any final thoughts on age and dynasty and how you evaluate it?
2: No, one thing though I saw on uh, on Twitter which is it's kind of like this It's not like just right now how like Justin Jefferson's value is like at the peak and it probably won't get any higher than this like it's just feeling like if you had just would you like trade for just like a lot of stuff or would you guys keep them? like if you were to be building
0: no, like, so I'll say this and we'll really wrap up the podcast. because we're creeping up on an hour and 52 minutes. So I think that's a really good question about Justin Jefferson. And I think, you know, I've learned so much about Dynasty over the past two years. And, like, I feel like I have, um, like, a really refined process when it comes to this stuff and, like, evaluating players and player values. That's how I've been able to, like, churn out, like, so many rosters year over year. Players usually break out at level. And I learned this from somebody that like really sharp, somebody that I admire a lot in the fantasy space, but players generally break out at level. So if we see a player like DJ Moore break out and he's a mid-level wide receiver two, that's more than likely where he's going to land season over season on average. Same thing with Amari Cooper. He broke out at that level, borderline wide receiver one. He's been a fringe wide receiver one, wide receiver two. Generally speaking, he's going to maintain that level of play. A rookie receiver like Justin Jefferson breaking out into a top seven finish. That's a player I'm probably not trading um, unless I can get some type of ridiculous value for him because based on his pedigree from college, based on his NFL breakout and based on his age. It's a good bet that Justin Jefferson is going to put up several more top eight wide receiver finishes in Dynasty. Does that make sense, Chris? So to answer your question, if you're absent from the mic, but you can still hear me and you can listen to this on the playback again because we do have to wrap up this show. Players break out at level, and even if a player is at his max value or we think he's at his max value, it doesn't mean auto sell. And a player like Justin Jefferson, who the first season in performance we saw from Justin Jefferson was a top eight finish, which is what you want positionally. That's a player that I'm probably holding on to at all costs because even four years from now, Justin Jefferson is still going to maintain this same level of value, more than likely, if that makes sense. No, it does. Okay, Kurt, any thoughts on
1: that? Uh, I agree with that. I mean, that's a that's a good that's an interesting uh, tidbit though that you threw out there about players breaking out at level. I'm I got to keep that in mind.
0: Yeah, that's um... yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you're not following Peter Howard on Twitter, follow him at P.A. Howdy. He has a podcast as well. I'll plug that on the next episode. But um, there's a lot of data to substantiate that claim, a lot of data to back that. So when you're looking and evaluating the market of players and you see when a player does finally have that breakout season, more than likely they're going to stay on par with that in terms of production year over year. And that that doesn't mean that a player like Amari Cooper won't ever have a top eight, top seven finish. That doesn't mean that. It just means that over the course of his career, in terms of a general threshold of that player's performance, they're going to land somewhere around where they broke out. All right. That's just, we can dig into that on a later podcast, but I thought that was really interesting as well as I dug into the numbers and, and, and listened to, to, to Peter talk about that. Anyway, that's the show, man. Fellas, thank you so much for joining back on the show. It was so good to be back live with the crew. And we'll do this again sometime soon. Um, as always guys, thanks for listening. We'll invite you guys to send more podcast ideas to the show over the next couple of weeks because we are going to start kicking these back up. Uh, Kurt and I are going to get back on the podcast schedule. We got training camp uh, at the end of the month, so we'll have a ton of shit to talk about. So, Kurt, maybe we can get together over the next couple of weeks and do some podcast planning um, and talk about what we're going to re- release over the next few weeks. And I'm also going to do some projection episodes to, uh, to fill the gap in between now and training camp. So everybody who listens to the pod, which should be all 12 of us, Send me two players from your roster that you would like me to do projections for, and I will bake those out and release them on a projections podcast using, you know, a baseline projection formula that I have that I got from, like, some real sharp people. So uh, pick two players from your roster. doesn't matter which two players they are, and I will do my projections for those players and tell you how I think they're going to finish or what numbers I think are going to be close to where those players finish after the 2021 season. I'm rambling, man. Drop the outro. Holler at you boys later. And remember, it's up there. And it's still stuck there. Peace.